for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. I've seen some of your personalities just improve. I've seen some of you get a personality, which is just, it's just been incredible. Amen. Because, you see, I, I, I'm so tired of just of running into dead Christians. Amen? Too many church people, they walk around like, like they have to die on a cross one day. Too many church people walk around like they, 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 like they got the t-shirt. I've, I've, I'm, now, I'm now a Christian. And on the back it says, the fun is over. Pino, don't make that shirt. Where is he? Don't make that one. We don't want that one. But I've seen people walk around with that one. Right? I'm a Christian now, the fun is over. And they act that way and they walk that way. And, and you know, it, it's, it's true. The word, the word says we got to carry our cross. The word says we have to die to self. The word says that, you know, in this world we're going to have trouble. Right? But what about the other parts to those verses? Like, how do we walk around dead when there's other parts to that? You know, some people act like that's it. What about the word where it says his burden is light? What about where it says you got to carry your cross, but what about where it says the yoke is easy? Amen? I mean, how come, you know, we, we don't get excited about that part? What about in, what, what the Word says? Yeah, we're going to have troubles and trials and tribulations. Yeah, but let's, let's get the whole Word. John 16, 33, it says it like this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In this world, you will have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. How many of you say, yes, that part of the verse is true? Yes. Amen. Amen. You will have trials and troubles and tribulations. That part of the verse is true. Let's read on. But, say thank God for the but. Be careful. But, The word says, be of good cheer, take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted, for I have overcome this world. And listen to what the Amplified says, I have deprived it of power to harm you and, to, and I have conquered it for you. We live in a conquered world. It's been conquered for who? For me and for you. Amen. So yeah, you're going to have troubles. Yeah, you're going to have trials. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time. But, always remember the but. I have overcome the world that we might have life, right? And so I'm believing if the first part is true, and, and I'm going to believe the second part is true. Amen? So, so this new year, let's not walk around like only the first part is true. Let's walk around living in the whole of God's Word. Amen? That God, God's Word says that we would have a more better life. Amen. But a little after that in the year, we started a series called Name Dropping. Amen. How many of you remember Name Dropping? Come on, we did it half a year. If you don't remember, you just weren't here. We, we, I titled it Name Dropping because you know how sometimes you get in trouble and, and so when you get in trouble, you drop somebody's name that you know, hoping that that would get you out of trouble. Right? How many of you pulled over and you say, I know Joe Rivera? Right? He's my brother, he's my cousin, he's my uncle, he's my father. You've probably said it all, right? Like he's probably, all of you are related to him. Right? Because you name drop. You, you use a name that might get you out of trouble. 
right? And so that whole series was based on that, man. It was an entire series going through all the names of God. Because I, I, I figured if we were created in His image, I wanted us to know all about that image. Right? The, the Selem Elohim, the image of God. So each week we found another name or two and just explored that name and, and explored what it meant to us. We designed the foyer, for those of you that don't know, we designed that foyer based on that on Proverbs 18.10. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run into it and they are safe. Amen? And so that's why we put all the names of God on that wall. Not all of them. We put a lot of them. I, I probably still want to get some more. But because God told me, whatever name you put there, I'll be in your church. Amen? So I've seen it already. I'm starting to see it already. And so look, those names are on this wall so that every morning when you come to church, every time you walk into this building, you know that you are literally walking into the name of God. And it says the righteous walk into it and they are safe. Amen? And so we, we started that, that series with a message titled, Identity Theft. And, you know, because if there's one thing that I see more than anything is how this world will take our identity and confuse it, will confound it, will contort it, will control it, will keep us from knowing who we are. Isn't that some of our problems? We don't know who you, we are, Right? We don't know who we are. We struggle because we don't know who we are. We fight because we don't know who we are. We, we, we go after things and worry and stress and, and get, get ulcers because we don't know who we are. Amen? And so that, that was identity theft. And the quote from that was simply this, the value of identity is that so often it comes with purpose. How many know identity comes with purpose? When you know who you are, you know what you have to do. Give me a couple of amens. When you know who you are, you know what you have to do. If you don't know who you are, you don't know what to do. Amen? How many of you see people every day don't know what they're doing? I hear you calling me all the time telling me, I just don't know what I got to do. Brother, then you don't know who you are yet. Because if you knew who you are, you know what you have to do. Amen? With identity comes purpose. And so when you start to realize that, that who God is and how we were created in His image, you start to understand your identity, who you are, and that brings with it purpose. And so we discovered through this series this. Watch. Ready. Get on the edge of your seats. Lean in. Lean in. Lean in. I'm talking to you. Come on. Lean in. This is what we discovered through this series, that our God is a sun and a shield a sure foundation, a very present help in trouble. He's a wall of fire round about me. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He's a sanctuary. He's an advocate for me. He's the everlasting Father, God, King. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's faithful and true. He's God full of compassion. He's God in whose hand thy breath is. He's God ready to pardon. He's God that answereth by fire. He's the God that cannot lie. He's the God that comforted those that are cast down. He's the God that does wonders. He's the God that formed you. He's the God that called you. He that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He, he is the God that he that is able to keep you from falling. He's my defense, my refuge in the day of trouble. He's my deliverer, my exceeding joy, my father, my father's father, my father's God, my fortress, my friend, my glory, my goodness, my help, my 
my hiding place, my hiding place and my shield. He's my high tower, my hope, my hope in the day of evil. He's my judge, my king, my lamp, my love, my portion forever and ever. He's my praise, my redeemer, my refuge, my rock, my salvation, my savior, my shepherd, my shield. Anybody getting excited? He's my song, my strength and my power. He's my strength and my song. He's my strong refuge. He's the prince of peace, the almighty, the amen, the beginning and the end. He's the Lord, mighty in battle, the Lord, my banner, the Lord, my strength, the Lord, my maker, the Lord, our righteousness, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord that doth sanctify thee. He's the Lord that healeth thee. He's the Lord that is faithful. He is the resurrection and the life. He's the righteous judge. He's the rock that is higher than I. He's the way, the truth and the life. He's the one that hears my prayers. He's the one who inhabits my praises. He's the one who calls those things that aren't as though they were. He's the one who commands the light to shine in the darkness. He's the one who forgives all my sins, who washes me clean. He's my Jehovah Shammah, the God that is here, the God that is present. Wow. Wow. You get up here and try to do that. Wow. That gets me excited. That gets me excited. He's, he's, somebody say he's all that. All that. All that and a bag of chips and 12 essential vitamins and minerals. He's all that. Amen. And so we, if you knew you were with us, we explored God's names from February all the way into June, all the way to Father's Day. On Father's Day, we took it to another level. And we stopped talking so much about his names and characteristics. And we started understanding that we were created with purpose. And it was about that time. And it's about time that we started living that way. And the Father's Day this year, we did a mini-series called Copy Me. Remember that? It was based on, on Paul's, Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 4.15. Where it says, there are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time to help you grow up. Wow. And so I urge and implore you, Paul says, be imitators of me. He said, copy me as I copy Christ. Wow. That Sunday we dedicated over a dozen children to the Lord. You remember that? And I remember we had the men of the church standing all over this house, standing with those parents. And the quote for that message was simply this, it is never too late to be what you might have been. never too late to be what you might have been. I remember that message got so good to me. I enjoyed it so much. I did it again. We did copy me too. And in that part of it, we got into the simple, 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 biblical, simplical. That's the same word twice. We got into the simple biblical principle of of, of sowing and reaping and, and that Jesus talked about. And, you know, he talked about how farming is a lot like the copy machine. You can't get out what you don't put in, right? And, you know, a copy machine can only give you back what you put into it, right? You could put a picture of your ugly girlfriend on the glass and, and she won't be pretty when she comes out. You understand? And you could, you could adjust the lighting. You could adjust this and adjust the tone and the save and picture. It, she's still going to be ugly when she comes out the glass. Whatever you put in is whatever comes out. And you can make 56 copies of your girlfriend. All 56 will be ugly if she was ugly going in. You, know, you understand? So sowing and reaping, farming is exactly that same way. I'm sorry if your girlfriends are ugly. 
we'll pray for them. But farming is the exact same way. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to grow. Amen? So, you know, when you plant apple seed, you grow apples. You plant oranges, you grow oranges. That's just the way it works. And, you know, Jesus used this simple and powerful illustration, and he applied it to anything in your life. Whatever you sow, you grow. That's, somebody need to get that today. Whatever you sow, you grow. Whatever you put in, that's what you get out. Think about that in your marriage. Whatever you put in, that's what you get out. Think about that as parents. Whatever you put in, that's what you get out. Think about that as kids. Whatever you put in, that's what you get out. That's just a basic law. That's not new age. That's not karma. No, that's Bible. That's a basic biblical principle of, of sowing and reaping. Amen? Now, you know, if you've, been to, if you've been part of other churches, you probably heard that 3,000 messages on that, and it all had to do with money. Right? Relax. We're not taking another offering. Take it easy. But it does apply to that money, but it applies to every part of your life. Whatever you put in, whatever you plant. When, when you take money and you plant it and sow it into God's kingdom, God, you get God's promises. Amen? And that's just the way it works. That's, those are kingdom promises. But understand, understand something this. Let me, let, me, let me give you some of this because some of you need to understand this. When someone manipulates you into giving... Anybody ever been manipulated into giving? Right? Into a church, to a TV ministry. You know, you could go to a church sometimes that do four and five offerings. I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but I just want you to understand this, this biblical principle. When you're manipulated into giving, see the Word of God says God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? So that means someone that knows what they're doing, someone that knows that they're supporting a ministry that God has used to bless them and others, and they're happy about it. Okay? Now, if you're being pressured or tricked or manipulated into giving, then you cannot be a cheerful giver. You understand? And so you've been duped, you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled, right? And, and you're not, no longer a cheerful giver, and God's blessing is not on that. So isn't that messed up? And that's why they'll have to do four and five offerings just to pay the rent. Because God's anointing is not on that money. But if, if you notice here, we'll do a four-minute, three-minute prayer on the, and we'll take an offering. Because we're not beggars, we're believers. Amen? And we believe God is going to supply. And if you want to be cheap, you'll be cheap. That's blessings on you that you're missing out. Amen? <laughs> so if you're being pressured or tricked, into giving, then you're not a cheerful giver. You've been tricked. You have just bought a contraption from late night TV that said it would give you sexy abs in two weeks without diet or exercise. And if you bought it within the next 30 minutes, they'll even make a payment for you. Sadly to say, I bought that too. Family, if the, if the ministry that you're supporting on TV is always asking you if you want the $100 miracle or the $1,000 miracle with a free prophetic word, change the channel. Amen? I have nothing else to say about that. Change the channel. You, you oh man. <laughs> Can you imagine what God would say to that? Can you imagine that only the rich people got the, 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 the $1,000 blessing with the with the uh, free prophetic word and, and the poor people that just they borrowed $40 from somebody to make the 100 they get just a little blessing can you imagine the perversion of God's word that that is well relax you're at the sanctuary we don't play that amen 
the truth of, of that whole you know, scripture and all that is this. The word is telling us if you're not growing in any areas, it's probably because you're not planting anything. That, that deep and simple? If you're not growing, you're not planting. Because only a fool would go to where he hasn't planted and wait for something. Right? Only a fool would, would go do that. So, so don't even come on Wednesday nights to pray if you haven't planted. Does that make sense? Right? If you haven't put time into God's word, if you haven't put time into, into living the way he wants you to live, if you haven't put time, if you haven't done, don't expect nothing from your marriage if you don't put nothing into it. Don't expect nothing from your children if you don't put nothing into it. Amen? Come on. The awesome thing, the greatest thing about the principle of sowing and reaping is that every season a wise planter can adjust the seed to get different results. Oh, this is good. This is good. Every season, if you don't like what you're growing, change the seed. Now you remember the message? If you don't like what you're growing, change the seed. If all you're getting is nastiness, then change the seed. If all you're getting is, is, is in, you know, craziness in your marriage, change the seed. Plant something different. Amen? You, the, the fighting and the flowers after, that's not, no. If you want passion and power and bang, everything, plant that. Amen? Be who you want the other person to be. Oh, that's a good message right there. If you don't see it in your kids, change what you're planting. Or find out who else is planting in them. It's time that, that we take the planting role back. Amen? You know that my name is George. I hated it all my life until I found out later in life my name George means farmer. I'm a planter. Amen? I'm a planter. So if I don't like what I'm getting, I'm going to change the seed. If I don't like the way some of you are looking, the way some of your lives are being shaped, I'm going to change the seed. I'm praying that God would give me the right seed and the right word to plant and the right things to say and the right, you know, you, know what I'm you understand what I'm saying? I, I know that in, in and by myself, I have no farming experience. But, but God is, he's the carpenter, farmer. I'll read the list again if you forgot what he is. He's all that and then some. Amen? Stop. If you don't like what you see in your relationships, change what you're planting. If you don't, you won't get faithfulness by planting unfaithfulness. Amen. You won't, you can't get trust by planting lies. You can't get, if you don't plant. Those listening on the internet won't get that one. Stop expecting someone to pay for it when you're giving it away for free. Stop expecting someone to value you when you're acting cheap. That, does that fit in? Can somebody take that, put it in your pocket, and just give it to yourself later? Be what you want. Give what you want to get. Go hard after God. Listen to this, all my single ladies. All my single ladies. Listen to this. Go hard after God, and anyone that wants to roll with you will have to be heading in that same direction, or you will lose contact quickly. You understand? You will lose contact. Listen, if I'm going hard this way, if I'm going strong, and if some clown comes and introduces himself to me, hey baby, what's going on? I keep pressing after God. Only if he's pressing after God will he still be able to talk to me because we're going in the same direction. You understand? 
See, but the world will send something to distract you, to turn you, and all of a sudden you find yourself turning back to all the crap and mess that you've just come from. And, and if that's you today, stop and say, wait, what am I doing with you? Revolution, amen? Turn, turn, turn something around, go that direction. If he goes that direction with you, then you can talk. Otherwise, your voice is going to get farther and farther away. He's not going to hear you. Amen? Oh, that's good. Somebody needed that today. Amen. Copy me as I copy Christ. Man, that is a powerful message. I love that message. Then in November, God gave me a message. Messages like, you make me better. Amen? Sal just did that today. I don't know. He just threw it in worship. Started singing, you make me better. He's crazy. I love that. The, the quote from that message was, God will not always give you what you want, but he will give you what you need. Amen? Because God's desire is to make you better. Amen? Not to give you everything better. Not to, God's desire is to make you better. To make you better. Sometimes to make you better, you got to struggle. Amen? You can't get a chest like this. No. You, you, well, you can't get, you know, you can't get muscles without pressure. You understand? You can't be strong without resistance. You can't look good without a struggle. Do you understand what we're talking about? Amen. So God wants to make you better. Then looking back, August and September, all the messages we were dealing with lifestyles, with relationships, with family, with sexuality, with, with pure... I lost some people during that time. People just... Pastor stepping on my toes. He got no business talking to me like that. People were just bouncing. They got lean during the summer. Messages like, who's your strong man? The story of Samson and how it applies to our lives today. What's holding you? That was a message about breaking free from sin as well as religion. Amen? And then at the end of September, there was a message titled, Simon Says. And that was the start about the life of Elijah. And one major point that we learned through Elijah was that God will not tolerate other gods in our lives. See, he stands strong against idols. God will not have his authority challenged, shared, or compared by any idol. Amen? And that was a harsh, that was a, we saw that in the life of Ahab. We learned how, how God sent Elijah to come against Ahab because of worship. See, we learned through that series, God is serious about worship. Worship is not the part of the service before the preaching. Worship is what we are. Worship is what we should do. We get to do it a little bit before the preaching, but that's not worship. Do you understand? Worship is our worship. It's who we are. It's who we put our faith in. It's who we put our trust in. It's who we run to. It's who we lean on. It's who we depend on. It's who we trust in. That's our worship. And God is so dead serious about worship. If there's an idol in our lives, it'll show up on your jewelry, it'll show up in your homes. It'll, if it's something that you pray to, if it's something that, that we give attention to, something that we reverence that falls short of God, God will send a prophetic word to speak into your life. He will have compassion on you like He did with Ahab. He will be gracious to you like He was with Ahab. He will be slow to anger like He was with Ahab. But there will come a time where God will allow your heart to harden. And once that heart is hardened, God has no choice but to stand against you.
because you're standing against him. That's a serious word. On the flip side, we learn how Elijah did everything God asked him to do. And we learn how sometimes, even when we do the right things, God will send us to a brook and cause the brook to dry up in order to build us up. Amen? We learn how sometimes even doing the right thing, things get hard. Sometimes even doing the right thing, God, I, I, you know, I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm doing the right thing. But sometimes God will send you to a place where things dry up. We saw it in the life of Elijah. And why? It's because God doesn't ever want you to trust in the brook. God always wants you to trust in him. God doesn't ever want you to trust in the supply. He wants you to trust the supplier. And so God will, will, will let us dry up so that we can be built up. Amen? We learn through Elijah that God will sometimes send us to a widow who has nothing just so that he could teach us that he's not limited by people's resources. We saw how he rewarded obedience and provided resources where there were none. Amen? Because God's resource doesn't depend on what the world has. God's value doesn't go up and down with the Dow Jones. God's value doesn't go whether our paper is backed by gold. or he, he, It doesn't matter to him. All God knows is, what, I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And whatever it is, I will provide, your, your, I will provide for you according to my riches and in in glory. Amen? <coughs> So we saw how God rewards that. And I kept hearing at our Wednesday prayer times how our people, our people here are finding jobs in the recession. Amen? Our people here were getting raises. We were just hearing this last Wednesday and, and, and doing our, our prayer times together how everybody's crazy, losing their jobs, and our people are getting jobs and, and getting raises. You, you understand? Because it's not on, it's not on, doesn't depend on the economy. It doesn't depend on the cost of gas or oil or, or whatever. It, it's God. It depends on where our worship is. And if our worship is aligned correctly, everything else just, just falls into place. Amen. That's right, Laura. Everything else just falls into place. Amen. So the life of Elijah taught us God is our resource. There's no other way to God but through Christ. Listen, there isn't a, somebody needs to hear this. There isn't a saint alive or dead that can bring me closer to God. There isn't a saint alive or dead that can protect me, guide me, or provide for me. Listen to this. Anything that you get from any other God will eventually have to be paid for. The enemy gives gifts. But every gift that the enemy gives comes with a price tag. If you're enjoying some of those gifts, take heart because there's a bill coming. It's the truth. There's a bill coming. You, you, you hear it in music. You hear it in every day. Man, these people just sell their souls to the enemy just to get everything, and they get everything. But then the bill comes. And then you have drummers and rock bands getting into accidents and losing both arms coincidence. Is that a coincidence that a drummer would get into an accident and lose both arms? I mean, you, you hear about all this in the music industry, how, how you just sell out, you blow up, and you could sing about anything, chicken noodle soup and a soda, and just be famous, right? Am I right? I mean, was that lyrically incredible, that song? But all of you know it, all of you sing it, all of you did the dance, Right? 
Why? There had to be something to that. I'm not saying he sold his soul, but you, but you understand what I'm saying. Every gift that you get that's not from God, there's a bill coming. If it ain't from God, there's a bill coming. So the life of Elijah turned into a series that we did. It took us through to the end of the year with the last two messages being the common or the Christ. And we're talking about how four out of five people choose the common or follow the crowd and they get natural results. But for every five, there was one guy who chose Christ and he got supernatural results. And that message led us into the one five revolution. That's a Sunday I will never forget because the sanctuary actually started a gang. If you're visiting for the first time, you're in gang territory right now. This is a 1-5 zone. Amen? Yeah, that's our, that's our symbols. Not all the confusing. It's just 1-5, straight up. Everybody understands, 1-5. That means that we're a 1-5-er. That we're one out of the five that will go against the crowd. It's in your bulletins. It says, a one-fiver will go against the crowd, even if it means he stands alone. Amen? How many one-fivers we got up in here? Amen. And so that Sunday we started more than a gang, man. It was a revolution. It's a turning of people. It's a turning inside of people. And I wish I could tell you that I planned all these sections out ahead of time and made sure that throughout the year we cover certain things. But wow, I get, I get amazed when I just look back because I can't take any credit but Christ. I can't take any credit but Christ. I trust that each, each message this year was from Christ, that it, was, that it brought glory to Christ, that it brought us closer to Christ. And I want to close out this year today, the last message of 2008, with this remix, with the remix of highlights and all these messages this year, and a challenge to start the new year off a different way. And here comes the should have put a ring on it part. If you know the popular song, don't play like you don't. Because I even called Gary and he knew it. And, and so that was confirmation to me. If the big Jewish associate pastor knows single ladies, then everybody knows the song. He was funny. He said, I only know it because there was a news thing. And I, I all right, whatever. But the point is, we know it. We know it. If you know the popular song called Single Ladies, the chorus and the real message behind the song is simply, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Amen? Well, the ladies are like... Preach it! If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Well, it's really a message of commitment, isn't it? Putting a ring on it means committing to it. Now, I'm not going to assume she understands that truly herself. And I'm pretty sure her husband doesn't understand that fully himself. But I'm not talking about Beyonce and Jay-Z. But we're held to a different standard, aren't we? And so, to me, putting a ring on it means taking things to another level. It means making a true commitment. Amen? Three commitments I want to offer you today in closing. Very first and foremost, listen. 
If you've never made a commitment to God, even if you have and you've been unfaithful to it, I'm going to ask you to put a ring on it today. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment today, to walk in God's plan today, to find and follow His purpose. Listen to this. My God is the only husband I have ever met who, even after you have been unfaithful again and again and again and again, will take you back, make you pure, and love you like you never left Him. If that's you and you want to make that commitment today, if you've never made that commitment or you need to remake that commitment, if, you, if you're saying, I need to put a ring on it today, please stand. Please stand. I need to put a ring on it. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate with them. Come on. Come on. Let's encourage them. Now, now I'm going to give you a minute to sit back down because... You don't step into marriage lightly. You don't, you don't just put a ring on, on something like, oh, yeah, that sounded funny. He's funny. He's a funny guy. I'm going to put a ring. No, this is nothing funny about this. You understand? There's nothing funny about putting a ring on it. My poor wife waited about 10 years to get a real ring. She had like a glass chip in the first one. I think I paid $69 for it. But she waited and eventually got the rock. Amen? May not be as big as some of your rocks, but it was a rock at least, praise God. But I'm saying that because it's serious. Putting a ring on it saying, I'm making a true commitment. See, I don't ever plan to take this off on my wife. I don't ever plan to break that commitment to my wife. And when I made a, a commitment to God, I don't ever plan on breaking that either. So if you need to sit down, it's okay. You may not be ready yet. Sit down. But if you're saying, I'm going to put a ring on it, God, it's me and you for 2009. We're walking forward. God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. I'm putting idols aside. I'm taking off the protection that I had. I'm taking off the the, the Madeojo and I'm taking off this and that. God, all I need is you like we sung earlier. Amen. Then then stay standing because you're making a commitment today. The next commitment is for those that have already made this first one, even if you've done it right now. So you guys can please stay standing. January 4th of, that's the first Sunday of this year, right after service, we're going to have a membership class. Right after service, we're going to have a membership class. If you've already become a member of this church, then you've already put a ring on it. If not, if you're going to be a part of this body, I encourage you to become a member of this body. Membership has its privileges, amen? Becoming a member of this church, understand though, it's not like marriage. It doesn't mean that you're married to this church for life. Some churches will tell you that and beat you up about that. That's not the case. It means that God has brought me here for a season. It means that I believe in what you're teaching. I receive what's being taught here. I'm growing and I know that God has planted me here for this season. So if the season passes, if when it passes, nobody here is going to rip up your membership card on Sunday in front of everybody or make you feel we're going to pray for you, release you, but we want to make sure that you're locking in someplace else. Amen? We won't release you to just, I don't know, I'm just moving. I think uh, I want to go to Florida. I think I want to go to Virginia or Pennsylvania or, you understand? And and so um, I I say that, but I I don't take it lightly either. When you're saying I want to become a member, it means that you can depend on me and we can depend on you. Amen? And so that means in everything that we do. We can depend on you, you can depend on me. 
And so if that's you and you're saying, you know, I'm going to put a ring on that this year because I believe God has called me here. I believe God wants me to be a part of this body for this season. And when I say this season, please understand that God doesn't change his mind like overnight. I hate when people tell me, God, God told me to be a part of this church. They take the second membership class and they say, oh, the Lord is calling me to... What, God is PMSing that week or something? Do you, do you understand? Like, it doesn't happen like that. Do, do you understand? There's a season and God brings us through seasons and, that, and we work through those things. And so we're excited to stand with you and work with you. If that's you, you want to make that commitment, even if you're already standing, please, then, then join those that are standing. And, and we're going to have membership applications. That's going to be the first Sunday of the new year. If you like it, then you should put a ring on it. Amen? <laughs> the last commitment. This one's tough. You ready? I want to offer you today this, the last, the last commitment. Starting January 4th, right after our membership class, we're going to provide lunch for all the members. But right after that lunch, that would be the last full lunch you'll eat again for 21 days. We're calling this body. We're, going to, we're standing with other bodies nationally and in our network. And we're going to fast. We're going to do a Daniel fast for 21 days that God would give direction, that God would give um, just, just break things off of our lives, that he would clarify vision. And so if you're ready to put a ring on that, and say, I, I, I'm going to stand with you for those 21 days of fasting. That doesn't mean you're not going to eat any food for 21 days. I'm going to teach on that and we'll explain the Daniel fast. Daniel chose to eat only fruits and vegetables, drink only juice and water for those 21 days. So I'll put menus on the website. We'll, we put a couple of things on the website to help you. We're going to walk through it. But what, what Daniel did was he separated himself from the king's food from the pleasant foods. And he said, I'm going to just trust God and just eat enough to, to, to sustain. You understand? But it's a sacrifice. And in that sacrifice, what happened was God gave him clarity and God gave him vision and God brought focus to his vision. He was able to interpret dreams. He was able to just break free. And it says at the end of that time that he looked better than all of those that were drinking wine from the king and eating all the fine foods. And I'm believing that's what's going to happen in this body. I believe that's what's going to happen in those bodies that are joining us nationwide. And I believe that that's what's going to happen in the body of Christ as we do this. Who should do it and why do it? Because when Daniel did it, God made the vision clear. He gave Daniel insights. He gave him understanding. He gave Daniel favor. If you want to see God's favor on your life, listen, you need to understand God's favor is better than money. I've never had a lot of money, but I've had favor. Favor is better than money. Because favor with favor, there's no price. And I want to walk into 2009 with God's favor. That anything God puts on my heart to ask for, I'll get. Amen? Doesn't matter what my bank account says. <coughs> so, let me end with this. You can start the new year off drunk. You can start the new year off drunk at some party somewhere. That's your prerogative. You certainly have the ability, maybe even the desire to do that. You could go into the new year intoxicated beyond belief without a care or worry in the world. But know that when you wake up, even if it's a day or two later, you will have started a brand new year still trying to figure out what day it is. 
Anybody been there? I want to go into this new year with purpose. I want it to start with passion. I want God's favor on my life and on your life. I want His direction on me and for the church and for you. I want to have a vision for what God wants to do through us. I want clear instruction. I want people to stand with me. Listen to me. Pastors fall all the time because nobody's standing with them. Can I just be humble before you and be open? I need some people to stand with me. I need to know that on that week when I can't pray, when I'm struggling, when I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling or I'm just having a hard time, I need to know that there's some people in church standing with me and for me that are fasting, that are praying, that are saying, God, you can't let another pastor fall. You can't let another church close. You can't let another ministry leader get sucked into the world. Amen? It's time we stop talking about them and start standing with them. Amen? Amen. I believe this corporate fast is going to do that for me. It's going to do it for you, for this church, for the valley of Christ. I challenge you to put a ring on it, to make this commitment with you. If you're going to stand, I ask that you would stand right now. Amen. Today, some of you are making one commitment. Some of you be making two. Some of you would even be making three. I want to pray with you this morning as we worship. Can all those standing just take a bold step, the last one of this year, and just come forward and stand with me? <laughs> come on, we're going to let you go home in a minute. But this is important. Amen, amen. Turn around, look around, look around. Turn around, look who's standing with you. Some of you thought it was going to be just you. Look who's standing with you. Turn around, look, even your cousin's there, even your aunt is standing with you. Turn around, your sister's standing here. Your father's standing. You didn't even think he was paying attention in service. He came to the front. We're putting a ring on it today, Amen. Let's, let's be excited. It's not a sad time. If I would, I'd do the whole video for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, let's worship, man. Send these guys out. Father, I thank you for every heart here, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. I thank you for what you've started today. I pray commitment. I pray faithfulness, Lord God. And I pray your rewards and your blessings, God. I pray that you would enlarge the territory and camp of this place and of their homes. I pray right now for a cleansing breeze through to blow through their houses. I pray, Lord God, that you would reveal before 2009 strikes, Lord God, that you would reveal those things that they need to get rid of, those things that they need to throw away, those things that they need to wash and clean. Father, that you would show them that 2009, they're going to stand strong. They're putting a ring on it, God. They're making a commitment to you, Father. Honor that today. Honor that today, Lord. Honor it today, Lord. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.